Welcome to the Chief Endurance Officer Podcast. I'm your host, Greg McDonough. Each week, we hear real-time stories from athletes and CEOs on how to maximize performance through an endurance mindset. Let's get started. Welcome to the Chief Endurance Officer Podcast. I'm your host, Greg McDonough. Today's guest has competed in ultra trail runs for more than six years, 19 ultra endurance races. He has ended up 138th in the World Tra Trail Championship in 2018. He's top five Latin American of the ultra trail tour in 2018. He was part of the U-17 Guatemala soccer national team for two years. He's the founder and CEO of Vertical X, the founder and board member of Zero Sixty. Please welcome Jose Carlos Sariamento. Yeah, no, thank you, Greg. I, I, I really, I'm enjoying being here with you and sharing uh, all the journey that we have uh, experienced so far in life. Uh, I'm excited to share with you. Fantastic. Well, let's let's jump right in. Um, this podcast is around endurance, endurance leadership, and my favorite question to ask is, Carlos, tell me how your endurance mindset has changed your life unexpectedly. Well, um, first, I would like to say that my endurance mindset uh, came from very early stage when I was five years old. Um, my dad was alcoholic, and uh, always that anxiety I created in 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 early stage um, start building me that endurance and mindset. Then my dad passed away when I was fourteen uh, years old in a motorcycle accident, uh, sober. He was done his thing. In, in on earth and um that propelled my endurance mindset as well and it has been helping me all over my life not only in the in the sports perspective but also in the corporate i was a corporate executive as well before becoming an entrepreneur and also as a dad you know you you also have a, a various children i have four and um that endurance mindset is also helpful in, in every circumstance yeah let's dig into that i've got two children myself um and you're absolutely right that you need <laughs> i mean many mindsets but dig in a little bit deeper what do you talk to us about how an endurance mindset has helped you with your children for me it's about uh, being patient and present uh, enjoying the moment being aware of certain signals that uh, life gives you uh, and and with children also remember you to be children again like you never try to forget that you were children and and with them is more like being patient and and try to teach them from a different perspective, more like uh, leading by example. So that has been helping me a lot. And and, and I think this, this is something that will resonate properly with you when you do your Ironmans. Uh, when you are in the sports uh, and you have your children watching it, watching how you train, the discipline that you put in the in every day, it's very easy for them to learn from those experiences that you are uh, doing. I would say that's that's with children what, what it has been helping me. And, um, and it's not also, it's not a finish line, right? With them as well. It's, it's enjoying the process, the ups and downs, the failing forward to teach them how to fail and don't, don't be afraid of what other people will think about them or this situation. That's very well said. Um, I'm curious, have you seen examples 
in your children's lives where your endurance mindset or your training or just your daily day life has influenced a decision they've made or friendships they have or like give us an example have have you seen an example where you said you know what that's probably because of what i do every day yeah i will say where yeah different example four of them are very different but valeria she's the oldest and uh she has this mindset about uh when we moved to us uh it was a very big shift mainly in the academic perspective and she was so and socially as well and she has this endurance mindset of overcoming the obstacles and embrace them and uh that that was really amazing from my perspective then katia she's the 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 second one and uh she's a very uh athletic uh person uh with a very tough mindset so so she in order to becoming the cheerleader team and she's a very she was a motocross rider as well she's very she's a gymnastic and uh in order to overcome and start to doing the children cheerleader team she started practicing in the floor in the grass we don't have anything in the in home because we were just moving so when you see that every day watching youtube videos on how to perform acrobatic better you 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 realize that you have done something with them the the third one is martin um he also was a motocross rider i will say that his his mindset is very 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 tough it's very disciplined and uh, and and i can and i can see his involvement on the on that and i always say that discipline always overcome talent um as well as you are putting the effort and then the the, the fourth one is very young is anika but she's tough in everything <laughs> she's like you like also put us in our perspective so it's very amazing the youngest always tends to be the the yeah. tougher of the bunch for sure um carlos shifting gear slightly going back to your corporate to entrepreneur journey reflect on the endurance mindset in those changes we might experience i always I always have the intrapreneur mindset when I was a corporate. Always leading the roles uh where I have to do new things, new countries, new markets, uh restructuring of the of the business model, organizational structure, etc. Everything that was designing a creative thing and and disruptive, I was involved. So so I was kind of pretty in that mindset already pursuing a corporate career which I I, I don't I will not say is is good or bad, it's just what it is. It's it's for me, it's kind of like a corporate right rat race, um, because everyone wants to be at the top, or most of them, and uh, those positions are are so so scarce uh, that everyone wants it, right? So everyone is willing to give whatever they have uh, to to reach it. So so having that mindset about enjoying the process learning from others face the obstacles managing the poli- politics because there is a lot of politics and and game theory as well uh with the humans because that's what i would call is game theory is like you, it's a game at the end right um so so shifting that from an entrepreneurial perspective 
it's so amazing and fulfilling because I realized that I was chasing the money mm. uh, when I was corporate and I was, you know, I was very well rewarded. I was top 1% of, I would say in Latin America, well paid in that level. But, um, but at the end, when I did the shift and I was like, do not have a salary, building equity, creating equity, building value with no salary, you, you, you said, wow. And, and, and I was feeling differently. Like my level of, of fulfillment increased so high that I was okay with that, you know? And uh, that shifting, I will say, is, and that realization, um, I say it was amazing. And, I, and, and also entrepreneurship is not for everybody. Um, it's tough. It's very tough. Uh, it's not easy. Uh, it's another game, right? Uh, it's also game theory as well, from my perspective, but it's another game. Like, um, another rules, you don't have a cap on your salary because there is no cap. You can, you, you can build the value to whatever people you are able to serve and, and the, the value return into your favor someday. Um, so that's the, the, the mindset that I have been, that I have been changing so far in the last, I will say five years. Awesome. Um, take us back to when you made the decision to leave corporate or to start your business. What feelings were you having? Like, let's, let's relive that moment. Yeah, that's a very, very nice question. I like it because, because to be honest, I was burned. Uh, that was the, the question. It, it was no salary that it was fulfilled for me. I won all the year bonus because of my performance. I am a high performer. I'm a high achiever. And that's my mindset. Like, I'm a high achiever. I will try to excel as much as I can, right? So I was, you know, getting all these annual bonus and I was buying happiness, to be honest. So I felt so burned out that, that going back into that moment, I felt like I was always buying these materialistic things and, and it was not enough. So when I start realizing and being conscious about that situation that I was living and going very deep into my inner self, I said, this is not good for myself. This is not good for my employee, my employers, my colleagues. This is not good because it's like lying, right? It's like cheating, cheating them. And uh, so I said, I'm going to, I'm first, I'm not going to cheat to myself. So I said, I have to be honest with me. And this is something that I really like, or I'm just doing it because there's the money and there are, there are four children and my wife that are need to be fit. And I said, yes, that's the situation. I always trying to, to be a, to become in high, but I will never be the owner. Uh, and eventually the CEO, it was very difficult to become, uh, in, in that short, short period of time. Right. So I said, well, this is not for me. Like, and then you have those kind of moments that you said, no, I'm going to be the boss of my own time. And I don't want anybody to tell me what to do. Uh, which is okay, but at the end, you know, then when you are an entrepreneur, obviously you own your own time and you are smarter with the use of your time, which is the most precious 
precious thing for me that we have. Um, but also you have people that you are serving and at the end, uh, all those experiences that I have in my corporate career, um, I feel so grateful uh, because it teach me a lot. I always report, typically I always report to the CEO or CFO or CEO or a, or a board of directors committee for a specific special a project that I was involved, very, very executive projects. So I learned a lot from, 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 from these people. It was a family business of friends that, that actually are my friends uh, before and during and after and now um, that I work for. For me, I've been very grateful to have those experiences and, and, and learn from them. Um, Right now, I even uh, one of my oh, one of the CEOs and uh, my friend, he's he's a he, he's a shareholder of a big fertilizer and agrochemical company that I worked for mm. for so many years. And can I was saying, Frank, you know, I have learned so much about you. And right now that I'm leading my company, I just now I understand you some decisions that you have made, and it's unbelievable how you can shift, but also. Learn that uh, being a corporate executive is good, is not bad. Being an entrepreneur is good, is not bad. And when I when I shared this, I, I remember when I made a big shift, it was like uh, in 2020, a Guatemalan podcaster did an interview for me and, and, and then another person said, Charlie, do not talk about uh, your life at corporate executive because one day you will probably have to go back and, and that will split back on you. And I said, I'm not talking bad. I'm just, you know, I'm just sharing what, what if I have to go back eventually because of some certain reason, it's okay. I, 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 if I, if I, if I have to do it because of some reason, for sure it's going to be in something that I am really passionate about, uh, and not just for money. That's for sure. It's interesting when you mentioned that story about <clears throat> your conversation with Frank, it, it reminded me of just growing up and having that conversation with my parents, like once I became a parent, I realized why they had to make so many dif different decisions. And, and you just kind of come to them humbly and just say, thank you. <laughs> right. Between the time that you realized that you needed to change from corporate life and pursue your entrepreneurial journey, like how much time was that? Like how much time did you stay in the corporate world sort of thinking about leaving, thinking about going on your own until you actually pulled the trigger. It, it took uh, four years, five years. It took that time because the people that you love when you share this, they said, hey, don't do it. Don't be stupid. You better stay there because you have four children. And it took me that time because I created a, my own reinvention process. And I started reading about neuroplasticity uh, back in 2013. Um, so I start to reshuffle my brain and, and try to, to reset it again. And it took me, that is why it took me a, a long time. And, and what helped me in that process was becoming an ultra trail runner. So I became an ultra in 2015. And that helped me in parallel to, to, to make the decision. So, so I was a corporate treasurer managing a $1 billion company, uh, PepsiCo bottlers in Latin America and different projects. And at the parallel, and in parallel, I was being a, a professional athlete. 
So so I wake up at 3 a.m. in the morning, hit the trails, train every day, and then I go to work, right? So all that time of finding my inner self running long distance and, you know, realizing that this was only burning me more and more and more and more. In 2019, I was sharing with my wife, I was sharing with people in my, my circle of trust, and everybody was saying to me, I'm, you know, you are crazy, Charlie. You, you cannot do that. Like, well, why are you going to do that? Not, you, you became an ultra. You became one of the best ultras. And, and, and now you want to quit your job. And, and like, what are you doing? Like, you are ruining your life. So I shut up, to, to be honest with you. Uh, the only one who told me, do whatever you are passionate about was my mother. My mother, she has always been very, very supportive. So I think she realized that, you know, she cannot do that anymore, probably. And, uh, and she did it with me and I'm going to tell you more about it. But so, so in that moment I said, okay, uh, I'm going to start doing my own thing. And in 2020, January, 2020. January 2020, I said to Frank, Frank was the CEO of Sh and Cheryl. I said, Frank, by that time I was a corporate MA, uh, was doing uh, inorganic entrance, entrance strategies in Latin America. So I said, and we closed out a deal in, in January. So I said, Frank, I, I, I need to go out and do my own thing. Like, it's not you, it's not the company, it's me. Like, mm -hmm. I, I just, cannot do this anymore. And then he said, okay, um, we, we did a succession plan, etc." My last day was February 28th. And then the COVID hit. I was like, holy moly. After 2019, I did not talk about this issue with my wife again, with my father and mother-in-law, nothing. My mother kind of knew it and I just quit. You cannot imagine like, it was like a bomb. It has been a journey. And in that year, I founded the uh, vert Vertical Sports Performance, which is a training performance facility. So imagine how hard COVID hit. It was more than a, more than 20 ultras that I have done so far. <laughs> well, let's lean into that. Um, talk to us about the business that you, you've stood up, obviously. <laughs> but you just mentioned it slightly. But talk to us about the concept, where the inspiration came from, what it is. The training facility. We did very differently. We start scanning the athletes because we need to do very boutique because it was COVID. So we, we kind of need to do it like a, like a clinic, not as a training facility. So we started scanning the athletes from a very holistic perspective, mindset, movement, metabolic, etc., And, you know, physical as well. And we, we designed individualized training programs. That's how we started, uh, the training facilities, but. But it hit, it hit very hard, uh, the COVID, and I did a very a large investment for, for, for me, right? It was a huge investment. I did a project finance for that. So I said, oh my God. And the whole intention was to do a beta in Guatemala, which it was cheaper, because I always have a thought about building a training facility for the U.S. market in my concept. So I created the whole concept. And then COVID hit, and the idea was to expand via a franchise model. That was my expansion strategy. Then I said, who's gonna buy me a franchise now with COVID? Nobody. 
at least in '99, in that time, a franchise model greater in Guatemala for international markets, it was like kind of, I don't think so. So I said, I'm going to build the NASDAQ for athletes. The aha moment came from an ultra race, by, by the way. So I was going into that, you know, the when your mind goes very far away and you are vibrating very high. So boom, NASDAQ for athletes. And I was like, okay, let's think about it. So, so I create the concept and I was saying, okay, if I'm scanning the athlete, I'm getting data. I have been an athlete. I have been a sponsor athlete by Gatorade and other brands. How I can give back and solve the challenges that I have had to fund my sports career. So I said, this is, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to help the athletes to have a ranking, holistic ranking, promote themselves meritocratically, not, not because they are good looking or, or they are sex symbol in social media, because they are good athletes. And I will give them the opportunity to all this networking that I have created in the corporate world to put it together. So that is what I did. Um, so I incubate the concept. I won a, a scholarship at Silicon Valley. So I went to live to California in 2021 for three, four months. Um, so I incubate the concept there and in Draper University, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's an ecosystem, entrepreneurial ecosystem in, in San Mateo, California from Tim Draper that I was introduced with him. And, um, that's how I started. And then after I finished that, I go back to Guatemala. The, 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 the facilities is still running. And I said, well, let's just start applying to accelerators. So I applied to different accelerators and one in Austin, Texas in December, first week of December, they accept, uh, accepted me to become a portfolio company of an accelerator in the US. And I have to move to US, to Austin. And, and this was, I moved in March, 2022. Um, by that time, I was not in a good situation in my marriage. So we kind of, you know, made the things slow for me. It was very good to come back here, um, by myself and start building what today is vertical X VTX, um, as, as the shirt, um, and, uh, and we start, you know, I start incorporating the company, legal company, uh, understanding the market, uh, being very involved in the entrepreneurial ecosystem in Austin, Texas, as well in the U.S., understanding the fundraising, how it, how it works in the U.S., building an advisory uh, roles uh, from U.S. C-level former management uh, in the sports industry. So I have been that, doing that since March. And December, I got my O1A visa, which is extraordinary abilities in athletics, uh, granted by, by U.S. And um, I got I got granted with that. So I bring we we kind of settle up with my with my relationship with my wife and let's start from minus zero. Again, let's move. We we basically burned the boats in, in Guatemala. I did I did uh three exits. So I have uh this is my fifth startup, my first one in the US. Um and the three that it was already operating, uh 
it was a Pilates studio that, that I was partnered with my wife and I sold my, my shares. I have 50%. I sold it to another partner and she's still running it with, with a new partner. Um, I exit the training facilities. I exit 80%. I still be a shareholder of 20 and 060. I, I also did the, the, the exit a couple of weeks ago, uh, 80% as well. I kept 20%. And uh, I'm still focusing on vertical legs uh, right now. And um, yeah, that, that, that more or less the journey uh, that I have so far. That's fascinating. Charlie, I'm curious, um, for those audience members that don't know or understand the Accelerator program, talk to us about what that entails, what's involved, how'd you got, how you got attracted to it. So, so first... Well, before the accelerator is the incubator, when, when you have an idea and you try to incubate and settle down like the concept uh, and everything. And then the accelerator is when, when you are, when that idea is more a concept, uh, you start to, to pivot the, the business model, um, et cetera. So, so the accelerators in, at least in us are very well developed. And the ecosystem is well developed. Latin America is not like that. It's starting. Europe is more developed than Latin America. But I will say in the US, um, when you are an entrepreneur, and in my case, I have been a corporate executive. So the, the foundations of co business concept, I have it. But it's not the same to be a corporate executive and become a, an entrepreneur. Like when you have that corporate mindset, it's almost like this is the car driving, right? When you are an entrepreneur, is build a car, try to drive it, and then go back, fix it, and try to drive it again, and go back and fix it, and try to drive it again. So the accelerator helps you in that journey, right? In, in that journey of giving you the tools, the networking. When you are uh, an immigrant like myself, uh, the networking, right? I, I don't know, like people in the U.S. Um, so, so you start building that, you start understanding the ecosystem, how it works. In, in Latin America, we, the angel investors exist. So, for example, my last role after Frank uh, and, and this story that I mentioned to you, there was a time that I was an investment banker at Ernst & Young, mm -hmm. uh, like in the meantime. Um, so, so also in Latin America, you, you find angel investors and family offices, etc. But the difference with U.S. and the accelerators, because it's related, is that if they don't know the industry in the detail, they will not invest. Here in U.S. is different because the knowledge is a little bit more spread. They kind of know. Obviously, they want to know more, but they typically know more, right? They give them the opportunity to know more about different industries, technology, AI, etc. Right? So, so that's the difference. So, so the accelerator will help you as well on on those kind of things that, you know, the investors who could be potential investors who could be. So, in, in my case, with with this accelerator that we are portfolio company, international accelerator, is run by by an immigrant that came. 40, 45 years ago, his name is Angelos Angelou. And, and, and basically his thesis is non-US citizens 
entrepreneurs who wants to enter the U.S. market. Hmm. So typically, an, 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 an immigrant that comes to U.S. in the good way, right, uh, and actually not in the good way as well, we are so hungry to make things happen. And probably that's a, bit, a huge difference. So, so I think Angelo's thesis is, is, very, is very good in, in that perspective. So, so that is more or less how the accelerator works. And there are different concepts. This one is very family kind of, uh, the environment is very family oriented because he's from Greece. So it's very different uh, as, as others. So I have been accelerated by four in this last year. So the main one is international accelerator. The incubator was Draper University. The accelerator was inter is international accelerator. I'm still being here. Uh, the third one was Capital Factory, which is the major accelerator in Texas. Very big, very big. I, I won a golden ticket there. And I met, in 90 days, I met with 50 mentors. I was, yeah, I was trying to learn as much as I can on the, everything. Um, and the, the, the last one that I have been uh, scouted and accepted is the generator is very big in the U.S. Um, this was is in Indiana, so it was kind of a virtual physical program uh, in Indianapolis. So, so it created me kind of that uh, uh, experience. So in, for, uh, from each one, I have learned something different. My, I always join with a, with a specific intention. Right, uh, because if not, if you have so many expectations, potentially they don't exceed your expectation. Because I have seen people or founders that that goes to an accelerator and I, they think that they will build a business for them. That's not true. Uh, you have to be the one who 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 has to be you know kicking asses out there. But um, but uh, but yeah. So so the intention with each one was very specific in my perspective. So so for Draper was incubation, kind of understanding, becoming an entrepreneur. International accelerator was setting it up in in U.S., coming to U.S., uh, feeling the experience, uh, uh, incorporating the legal entity, etc. Uh, Capital Factory was focused Austin, Texas. Uh, like very laser focus on the ecosystem and networking a lot. And generator was the fundraising structure in US, like how to fundraise here. So everything has to, uh, my, my, my experience of a very particular specific intention in each accelerator. There's a, a great lesson there for sure. And thank you for sharing it. Um, shifting gears a little bit, Charlie, talk to us about your professional athletic career. Well, yeah, that's that's uh, I I I love the shift <laughs> because um, when I was very very young, I think five years old, um, I always wanted to be a professional athlete. So I had three dreams, and one of the three dreams is a, a professional athlete. So so my first sport was baseball. I was a baseball national Guatemala shortstop for seven years. That was my primary sport. Um, and, and, and to be honest, I, I was very talented for baseball. I was very disciplined as well. 
Uh, but when my dad passed away, when I was 14, I decided to quit Facebook. Uh, I have this emotional hit and, you know, I just, I just quit. But I, I always perform. I compete uh, internationally with the Guatemalan baseball youth team uh, for, for a long time. Um, so that was my first uh, sport. And always, as I mentioned you, trying to excel every day. I was the first one in the training. I was the last one training with another friend that we became very good friends. He was second base. I was shortstop. So we are, have a very excellent ke uh, chemical connection and then i switched to u17 soccer when he when my dad passed away i said i'm gonna i'm gonna try a new sport i i, I play a little bit i was very fast uh i was not talented for soccer from a technical perspective uh but i was you know very disciplined so so i became central forward and i played for u17 national team um, a couple of years uh, trying to get into the World War Cup, we couldn't make it. Um, then I get got off, and in that time, um, actually, I was granted by a D1 college soccer scholarship, partial scholarship in US, the Jacksonville University. I still have have the letter as uh, two thousand one. Um, and that was one of the things that my mother didn't allow me to do. Uh, she didn't want me to go because she was afraid that I was going to become an alcoholic because I was going to be a free guy. In, um, but it's okay, you know. I, 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 I don't have hard feelings. I, I told her in their moment about it. But so that was soccer, and then um, I have a. I was also in the pre-national team of futsal as a goalkeeper. <laughs> I was the four goalkeeper because of my abilities as a shortstop in futsal as a goalkeeper kind of resonates. So, so I have that, but, but there were better goalkeepers than me. So, so I was the four one. And then I, I focused myself in study. And the last nine years, I have been an ultra trail runner. Back in 2013, I hit the black hole. I was very depressed. Uh, that is when I realized, and I start making a lot of questions about my, my, my dreams when I was younger or child. And I started doing my first ultra in 2015. I had, I never raced before, not even a half marathon. Um, so I go straight into a 50 mile race. Uh, I was, I was so depressed that I Google endurance and I said, and I found endurance challenge from North Face and I said, well, this is the one that I'm going to do. And the first way was in, 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 in Virginia, in US, it was not that hilly. And, and I was so amazed with the result. I became in the top 5% and I was like, what? Like, like what is going on? Like, this is something not, I don't know, something weird happened. So I, I went to do a lot of medical checkers and everything, and it was the mindset uh, more than, than physical. Obviously I have some physical things, genetic things, but, but it wasn't that, it was more about the mind and how I can put myself into, you know, in the endurance mindset. Um, so I said, well, I'm gonna keep doing it. Uh, so I did another one and I performed better and I did another one 
And then I became um, like newspapers in Guatemala were showing my results and they were interviewing me and uh, all these things happened. And, uh, and I said, wow, this is, this is probably a, a calling from the universe. Uh, so I said, I'm going to become the top ultra trail runners in the world. And I'm going to take Guatemala to a world championship. So I keep pushing hard every day, every day, like 3 a.m., 3.30 a.m. Um, if I have to travel, because I was corporate by that time, I traveled a lot in all Latin America countries. And I hit, when I hit a country, I go to the hotel and train to the hotel gym. I was, you know, so, so, so I started doing that. And then 2018, uh, we took Guatemala to the first three world championship for, for in the history with another very well-known athlete in Guatemala, Juan Carlos Astume. And um, we, 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 we accomplished that, at least in my case. I competed in the Ultra Trail World Tour. I want to compete in the toughest uh, uh, races in the world. So I competed there. I, I was ranked in the 200s uh, in the world. So, so, so I was so grateful to, to live that experience and 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 to to put that mindset. So so far uh, as of today, I have I have done more than twenty. Um, I have just two DNF, um, which is kind of hard uh, for me. Um, but those are the ones who give me very good lessons, mainly about the ego, uh, because at the end. And this is one the the first one the the first DNF it wasn't Guatemala. It was more that I was very pissed off because they didn't put uh, the, the proper marks. I got lost. I was going second and I have some, I have some, uh, a, how do you say, um, haters in Guatemala. So I said, okay, I'm not going to play this game. So I said, I got lost for one hour. I lost, I was in second, then I was in seventh. And I said, no, I'm not, I'm not playing this game. Uh, and the second one was at UTMB, Ultra Trail du Mont Blanc, my second time, uh, the, the 100 mile race. I was in kilometer 100. I got an injury in the, in the knee and I said, well, I'm going to keep, keep rolling. I was trying to do 28 hours in total. And then, uh, in kilometer 130, I was crying really literally like, and I said, no, I have to, to endure like this is. But I knew because I knew I, I did the race before in 2016. This was 2019 that I DNF. And, and I said, no, I know I know how it looks. And when I said, well, I know how it looks. And, and I said, well, this, is, this could get worse. Like my knee could get worse. And I'm not going to, I'm not willing to sacrifice, not sacrifice to, yeah, may, maybe that's the word, to sacrifice my knee uh, and not not running again because of and I said this is done for me I cried I, I felt terrible people in Guatemala was expecting me and this is when I realized about expectations and 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 to to be very honest if I was doing it because just for me or because also for Guatemala that that specific race 
And um, so it was a good moment, but uh, this is kind of my athletic journey. And right now this year, uh, I will try to to do something that you have done before. It's not an Ironman, but it's my first extreme triathlon. Uh, I have never done a triathlon before in my life. I'm gonna go straight forward to starvation, which is an extreme triathlon from the X3 World Tour. I have been busy with my startup, but uh, but I just want to do it and see how it feels. And uh, I'm 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 shifting my mindset again with a new sport. That's awesome. Yeah, those those DNFs stick with you forever, don't they? Yeah. Um, what what time of year is that triathlon? It's gonna be in July, actually. Yeah, very cool. Oh yeah, around the corner. Charlie, tell the audience how they can get in touch with you if they wanted to reach out. Well, thank you. Yeah, if you wanna reach out with me, I go to Ultra Sarmiento, which is my last name, Ultra Sarmiento, in Instagram, and um, and as well in Twitter, and also in uh, Facebook as Charlie Sarmiento. You can find me there. Um, so very excited to to talk with you, to everybody. If you want to email me, it's c at charlisarmiento.com as well. Greg, I, I was very amazed and with this opportunity with you. I would like to learn more about you. So I will have to make a podcast for you. <laughs> <laughs> Charlie, it's been great having you on the show. Um, I asked the audience that if you got some value out of this, please share it with your friends. We want this message to be expanded um charlie's stories around expectation versus intention i thought were really insightful um as a fellow athlete the your stories around dnfing um and i really enjoyed uh, the conversation around guatemala trying to make it to the world cup and your u17 i'm a, a soccer player by heart although i hung up my boots many many years ago but Again, to those in the audience, uh, please share this. And Charlie, again, thanks for being on the show. It was really great connecting with you. Thank you, Greg. I appreciate it. And to everybody, I always said that um, never expect anything from anyone and just give without uh, expecting and live life so intensively each day, every day. And uh, that's what I can share with you and have an amazing journey willing to fail forward. Thank you for tuning in to the Chief Endurance Officer Podcast. To hear more inspiring stories and strategies around the endurance mindset, be sure to subscribe below or visit us at chiefenduranceofficer.com. Until next time, keep pushing those limits 